Welcome to the What Do We Call This podcast. We're Alexa and Michelle, two friends in their 20s navigating adulthood, relationships, and the highs and lows of every stage of life. From getting laid off from a job to breaking down the latest reality TV show episode, each week you'll be ready for more awkward, raw, candid content. Let's get into it. Welcome back to What Do We Call This podcast. I'm Alexa. I'm Michelle. And yeah, feels like we haven't recorded in forever. Well, but we are currently recording and the episode's supposed to be released today. Listen, so should we tell people that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a crazy hey, couple of weeks for us. Yeah. I mean, people need to know that we're human and we're lazy sometimes. We're not lazy per se. Okay, maybe that's the wrong choice of words. We're busy, busy people. Yes. Very, very important lives. Yes. And Michelle is finally recording from Minneapolis. Yeah. I finally have stable Wi Fi. I don't, the last couple of episodes I had to record at my parents' house in Ohio, and they must pay for like 10 megabytes or something extremely little because the wi-fi quality there was so terrible yeah i upgraded to 400 megabytes up here you know i can tell am i am i clear you're clear as as clear as as fuck (laughs) (laughs) looking good (laughs) that's great you're you're blurry over there oh great (laughs) you're always blurry though i don't know why really yeah. Oh, that's weird. Oh, seems like um, a me problem now. <laughs> it's probably your Mac, let's be real. I'm using my <laughs> I'm using my work Mac. Oh, well that one's probably newer, right? Yeah, it's like brand new. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of problems okay. right now. Um speaking of problems, let's get into our highs and lows. <laughs> you wanna go first? Yeah. Also, before we started recording, Alexa was like, do you need a minute to think about your highs and lows? <laughs> do I know you or do I know you? I mean, I did need a minute. So thank you. <laughs> if nothing else, at least you're consistent. <laughs> well, I don't analyze my weeks. Okay. Okay. So my high for the week is that my husband finally joined me in, in Minneapolis. I was here by myself. Um, for like five days. I didn't want to tell anybody that though, because like, I don't want to be murdered. Um, but I moved here by myself Tuesday and he didn't arrive until Sunday. So I was home alone for, I don't know, is that five days? I can't count. Um, but yeah, he is here now. So I'm super excited. He helps me with unpacking and everything. Um, so yeah, that was my high and my low um, is that my coffee bean grinder broke on <laughs> Wednesday. So, <laughs> so I couldn't grind coffee beans. Um, if you know me, I only buy whole beans cause I have a, a bean grinder coffee snob here, but the, the bean grinder broke on Wednesday and I could not have coffee on Wednesday or Thursday. So it was like a travesty. I ended up getting it fixed though, and it works now. So I can drink coffee again, but that was one of my lows for the week. Also, I guess I'll throw in there that I had to shovel snow, um, for the first time in my life. I believe it was on Thursday of this past week and my back has never been the same since. Like 
I don't know what's going on, but my, my back and tailbone are like, what the fuck were you doing? Apparently, I'm that out of shape that shoveling a measly little driveway just threw off my whole month of January. <laughs> I cannot believe that your low is not getting locked out of your house on like oh, day two. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> what am I talking about? Fucking grinder. <laughs> Priorities, I guess. <laughs> I have to tell this story now. Um, so I was on a nice little walk with my dog on Saturday. And the the previous owners, when they left the house, they reset the codes to the garage and the front door. He couldn't figure out how to set a new code. And he's like, so basically there's no codes to get into the house. You just need keys. Well, I'm not used to this whole key thing because I had a keypad at my last house and I did not have a garage. I'm really living at large here. Um, but I, I left out of the garage door and I closed the garage and I brought like the garage door opener with me in my pocket. And I just left the inside to the house unlocked because I've been doing that. Well, I get home and I open the garage and the door to go inside the house is locked. And I was like, what the fuck? So it must have locked behind me somehow on accident. And so I was locked out of the house and I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? So I've got Hero with me, my dog, and I'm just like thinking of how I'm going to freeze to death um, in <laughs> – in Minnesota, nobody's going to know. And my phone was dying and I was like freaking out. I called Nolan and he's hammered because he was in Louisville on the bourbon trail. So he was totally useless. Like he's like, oh, what? And so then I ended up calling my dad and he tells me to look for like a putty knife or something to like wedge in between the door um, to try and like, you know what I'm t saying? I don't know how to describe this so well. Yeah. So anyways, I'm looking in the toolbox. Can't really find anything. Our stuff's like all over the place because we haven't really unpacked anything yet. And so I end up having to um, go next door to the neighbor and ask them to help me break into my own house. So he brought a crowbar <laughs> over and broke <laughs> broke into the door and like a part of the door frame obviously broke off because there's like no other way you can really break into your house. So yeah, I had to break a part of our door frame, like not even one week into the house, I locked myself out and ended up having to break part of the door. So I guess that's definitely my low for the week. I totally forgot that even happened. Maybe I'm like blocking it out of my head because it was traumatic. <laughs> and granted, these are neighbors that you haven't even met prior to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, right? I hadn't met anybody because, I mean, it's winter, so everybody's inside. Um, I haven't really had the chance to meet anybody yet. Like, I'm kind of just waiting for me to, like, see somebody outside when I'm also outside. So I literally had to knock on their door and be like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Michelle. Um, so by the way, I'm locked out of my house. Can you please help me? <laughs> <laughs> That's humbling. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Well, I guess my hi, well, since we haven't recorded for like two weekends, my hi was actually visiting Finley where both Michelle's husband and my fiance are from. Um, huh? Why is this your high? Well, I got to see you. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Well, and then, um, like, it was really fun just getting together with a bunch of friends that we hadn't seen for a very long time and, like, watching them all reunite, like, all of the guys. It was really fun. Um, and then last weekend, we went to Nashville 
And Saturday night, we went to our favorite Broadway bar, which is Whiskey Row, Dirk Bentley's bar. And they have the best band every single time I go. So it's like unmatched and we had a really good time there. Um, my low, shocker, here we go, is wedding planning. <laughs> I have never been so stressed in my entire life over something that is in the big picture so small. Yeah, <laughs> Nate and I usually agree on a lot of things and we can't seem to agree on anything. So, you know, it's going well, clearly. That's all I got. Okay. Yeah. Wedding planning sucks. It is yeah. what it is. You'll spend like the most time on like the most minute decisions that make no difference to the wedding at all. You know, if they were minute decisions, I don't think I'd be nearly as stressed, but we can't even agree on the city or like region of the world we want to get married in. So we've got a long way to go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's stressful. Um, but- well, if you're still deciding on areas, I got to send you this place that I want to get married at again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nolan. You mean for your second wedding? <laughs> yeah. So when Nolan and I decided to like remarry ourselves and have like a really fun wedding of like, I don't know, a redo, I guess. Um, I really want to get married at Castle and Key in Kentucky, which is a distillery. I just, I guess I have a thing for distilleries because my OG wedding was at a distillery. But I need to send this to you because it's beautiful and I will give you permission to get married there. Well, the thing is like distilleries make sense for you guys too. Like that fits like your brand as a couple. Like <laughs> Nolan knows like every distillery that's Alcoholic ever Alcoholic that brand. <laughs> well, no, just like bourbon and like, I don't know. Um, craft cocktails, but like we, our goal is to do a destination wedding outside of Ohio that's within driving distance. So that really limits us. And it, it's just been a fucking nightmare. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Um, Wait, have you checked out Michigan yet? No, that's on the new agenda. I thought we had decided a venue, but learned two days ago that that's actually not the case. Yeah, don't mean to bring up a sore subject, but you could check out Michigan because Michigan is really underrated. It's one of my favorite states, actually. Nate mentioned, why don't we get married in Gatlinburg? I'm like, neither of us have been to Gatlinburg. And if we're going to do that, I'd rather, I literally said, I'd rather get married at like Lake Michigan because I've been there multiple times. I love it. It's really beautiful and convenient for our guests so i don't know whatever we'll figure it out i guess okay yeah i guess we can uh we can hear all about alexa's wedding woes over all these we'll just sprinkle little bits into every episode yeah for the next few years guys get ready you guys just fast forward through like the first 10 minutes of every episode if you don't (laughs) want to hear it I don't blame you. I don't either. Okay. Um, And then another thing is I remembered we hadn't done TV and movie recs in a while. So, Michelle, do you want to give the people some things you've been watching? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Have you guys watched The Last of Us yet on HBO? They – it premiered two weeks ago. I don't know. The second episode just premiered this past – this past Sunday, a couple of days ago. And it's so good. If you like zombies and apocalypses, this show is for you. I mean, who doesn't love apocalyptic type of 
shows. Alexa's raising her hand again, questioning our friendship here. <laughs> I think I'm the only person I know that never watched The Walking Dead. Okay, I didn't really watch that show either. Like, I mean, I've of course seen a few episodes because there's a thousand episodes of that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it was not really my cup of tea. Like, I think that 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 show went on way too long. Like, that should have been like a three or four season thing and done anyways the last of us is really good it's a video game that they're that they turn into a tv show and uh pedro pascal is the main character in it and he's a phenomenal actor i loved him in everything he's been in he was the mandalorian actor um but that show is really good and i swear i just looked this up the other day it has like a 99 percent on rotten tomatoes which is unheard of i saw that on the trailer actually they added that like oh and i was yeah, like, like that's one of the highest ratings i've ever seen like i yeah. don't think seen anything above a 97 before i was like surely they're lying but no they're not yeah i thought it was really good the first episode was filmed really really well you know when they do scenes when there's no music and you can like really feel like the terror of people because you can hear them like breathing and stuff mm-hmm. you do that really well in this show um so that's currently what Nolan and i are watching it's a it's a weekly thing though so you can only watch it on sundays um and of course i've been catching up on yellowstone the newest season they just did like the mid-season finale though so they're currently on a pause i don't know when it's coming back but Yellowstone's a classic. Like that will always be in probably my top ten favorite shows of all time. That's nice. all I got though. I haven't really watched so much TV because I've been moving and I had to live at my parents' house for a few weeks and all they watch is the news. So I was like stuck watching the news every day. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Okay. For me, um, Nate and I watched the other night the new documentary on Netflix and it's called The Hatchet Wielding Hitchhiker. Have you heard of that? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. It is a roller coaster ride. Like, really, really easy watch. I think it's just the one episode. So, he's a hitchhiker who is holding a hatchet? <laughs> Essentially, yes. But <laughs> no, there's so much more to the story. So, it follows this guy who in 2016 went viral because he's a hitchhiker, but he kind of comes off as this like weed smoking California guy. But he is houseless and he's in a cab and the cab driver suddenly like pins this construction worker to a truck, like intentionally trying to kill him. And Kai, this guy that's just hitching a ride, takes out a uh, hatchet and just like smashes the guy. Long story, but I guess the video of him interviewing with a reporter went viral because Everyone was kind of like, oh, my God, what a hero. He's so charming. He's, like, very likable, very funny. And so it kind of follows his story and then goes into, I don't want to give it away, but how he ends up being investigated for a crime. It's unrelated to the cab driver situation. So, anyways, really, really interesting. It's a really quick watch. Um, And Nate actually remembers seeing the video (laughs) going viral in 2016 because I played the previews for him and he goes, oh yeah, that's Kai. I'm like, how do you know his name? He's like, how did you not see that? But it was really, really good. It freaks me out when murderers turn out to be like really likable, friendly people. Yeah. But I will say like 
very shortly after you see a lot of red flags, it kind of dives into whether or not he is suffering from mental illnesses. It dives into his upbringing and you're kind of questioning like the entire time I'm flip-flopping what side I'm on. Like, is he guilty of this crime that he's accused of? Is he not? What's he telling the truth about? So it's just really good. Um, I love a Netflix documentary. Other than that, I just started Real Housewives of Miami. Okay. I haven't watched that one yet. Everyone is like, it's one of the best, which Michelle and I stand by Real Housewives of Potomac is one of the best. Elite, um, elite television, I mean, guys. The drama- Nobody else agrees with us that Potomac is the best. Like everybody that I've talked to is like, what are you talking about? That's not one of the best Real Housewives. The drama this season especially has stepped it up. The other, Beverly Hills could never. Like, no. It is so good. <laughs> Potomac is top tier. Like I'd, you're missing out if you don't watch Potomac. It is, it's my favorite for sure. Mm -hmm. I could live without Beverly Hills. Like, especially the last couple of seasons, it's just really gone downhill for me. Yeah. The drama in Potomac is also just like very organic. It doesn't seem super like manufactured, I guess. Um, Yes. Other than Giselle manufacturing it (laughs) (laughs) like on purpose. Giselle is just Stirring the pot. Loves to stir the pot. You know what? I really want a Giselle shade season. Like, not that I want people to be like torn down, but she never allows people to like talk about her personal life at all. Like, I feel like I know nothing about Giselle other than the fact that she has kids and then she has a husband that cheated on her, but that's it. Like, I feel like we know all of the other girls like really intimately because Giselle stirs the pot and brings up stuff about each one of them, but nobody's allowed to talk about her. Like that's the most annoying part about the show to me. Like I need to know more about Giselle. See, I kind of love that about her because she like secures her spot by just like lighting the match and then walking away. She's like, so Ashley said you did this. And then the two girls start arguing at each other. Giselle just sits there and smiles. <laughs> I like, I don't know what it is about her, but I can't not love her. Yeah. She's like consistently my favorite. I don't know why, but yeah, Giselle keeps doing what you're doing. Girls, she's consistently the girl's least favorite, but the viewer's favorite for sure. Totally. <laughs> her bag is secured. She's, she, won't be kicked off for a long time. No. So good for her. All right. You want to get into today's topic? I know it's a hot one for you. Oh yeah. I am. I'm ready. This is the topic that everybody's been waiting for, AKA (laughs) me. (laughs) Um, Okay. We're going to talk about airport etiquette, guys. This is super important. And I feel like everybody should take a class on this before before they fly anywhere. Um, because a lot of you guys have no idea what you're doing in the airports and we're <laughs> here to teach you. <laughs> you know, it seems like common sense for adults to behave in a way that like isn't disruptive and isn't selfish and isn't just fucking disgusting in an airport. <laughs> but it's not. It blows my mind. Every time I take a trip, I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. Okay. So I know we're going to have varying opinions when we get down into the specifics because we've already discussed our varying opinions on window etiquette and things. Um, But let's get started from 
the very beginning of when you, before you even get to the airport, like what are we doing <laughs> with our lives? Okay. First of all, I have a rule for myself that I always pack a carry on unless I'm going somewhere for an extended period of time. And this is like longer than, I don't know, what would you say? Like four or five days probably. Yeah. Five usually days. when I'm gone for like a week, I yeah, I'll say, I'll to say five days, like a Thursday to Sunday trip. You don't need a check bag. What are you doing? You don't need a check bag. Carry on. Everything can fit in there. I promise you it can. But anything longer than that, I feel like it's it's acceptable if you want to check back. Like if you're doing a Wednesday to Monday or whatever, it that's fine. You do you. Um, but that's my own kind of like personal rule just because I, I have flown a lot and the most time spent is checking your bag in when you get to the airport and then waiting for your bag at the carousel when you arrive somewhere. Like you can easily cut off like an hour of your life by not checking a bag. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're using a budget airline, don't like, why would you risk that? <laughs> Which, you know, a couple of years ago, I actually didn't know this little hot tip. And I was like, well, you know me, I need seven pairs of shoes for a three night stay. Um, so I would always check a bag. And then one time after visiting Michelle, I almost missed my flight because the spirit bag check line was 3000 miles long. And I found myself sprinting through the airport. Hadn't run that fast since like middle school track. Um, in order to catch my flight. So, you know, you're really doing yourself a favor. You also know exactly where your bag is. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, before we dive into this, I just want to preface that if you have children, um, this episode's probably not for you because Alexa and I don't have experience with kids in airports. And honestly, I pray for your sanity in an airport. Um, so do whatever you have to do. Check a bag. You probably need to because you have a ton of kid stuff. Um, steal a window seat. Knock somebody out to get somewhere. I don't care. <laughs> do what you got to do. If your kid's crying, I don't care. That's that's your own issue to deal with. I feel really bad for you. Anyways, all of these rules that I'm about to say do not apply to people with kids. Yeah. Godspeed. Yeah. <laughs> literally, I uh, bless, your, bless your heart. <laughs> So number one, try and bring a carry-on if possible. What is number two? Let's talk about airport attire. I totally understand many people travel for business. You have to wear a suit. You have to wear heels and a pantsuit or a blazer and a skirt, whatever. Totally understandable. If you are wearing flip-flops and denim shorts on an airplane, are you okay? <laughs> I don't care if you're going to the most tropical of places. What is wrong with denim shorts? I mean, what is more uncomfortable than denim shorts? True. Yeah, I really can't <laughs> think of anything. <laughs> also, maybe it's just me, but I've never not been cold on an airplane. So to wear shorts on an airplane is nuts to me. Even when I went to Cabo, I wore like a full sweat set because... I don't care that it's 85 degrees when I land. The airplane is like 40 degrees. The flip-flops kill me. I mean, that's just like unacceptable. 
Yeah. I don't know why you would want your feet exposed, especially if you're going through general security and you have to take your shoes off. Like, are you kidding? You want your bare feet on the floor of the airport? (laughs) (laughs) Michelle is gagging as she says it. (laughs) A lot of people are going to like put their shoes in the aisle. If you're putting your bare ass feet in the aisle of the airplane, I might chop your toes off. I don't know. Nobody wants to see your toes. Like, even if you claim that you have really beautiful feet, I guarantee you don't. Like, who has beautiful feet? Like, honestly, not that many people in the world, unless you're, like, a foot model. Well, and you know what? Like, hide those babies and then make money off of them. Feetfinder.com. There you go. You're just out here giving away your feet for free. What are you doing? <laughs> gross, dude. I can't even, like, think about <laughs> feet pics. It's so gross. <laughs> And then I don't know how you feel about people going through security, but I have strong feelings and I blame my father. The man will put $15 in loose change in his pockets and have to take out every penny when he goes through security. (laughs) And it is truly the most embarrassed I've ever been by my parents. Like, Why is he bringing a bunch of change in his pockets? That's just how he lives. I don't understand. It. Where where is he going? That like things only cost like a dollar. You know, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if he thinks he's gonna have to pay for everyone's meter in the entire city when we get there, or what. <laughs> but it kills me. I mean, he is a frantic disaster every time we go through security. And I'm like, Gary, act like you've done this before, please. Like taking off his belt, emptying every penny. Oh, Lex, did you get all my pennies? I'm like, yes, dad, I gathered all of your pennies. And then he has metal hips. So they have to give him a full body pad down every time he goes through security. And it's like a whole process. I don't know. It takes an hour to get through security just because of him. It's ridiculous. I'm still stuck on the fact that he has pennies, like not even just quarters. He carries around pennies. (laughs) Michelle, the last place we went, I was picking up dimes, pennies, quarters, his money clip out of the security bin. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I might as well just throw this shit away. This is ridiculous. Which okay, he needs a little change purse and <laughs> to put it in his backpack through security. You know what I mean? Like, get him a little coin purse, and then he can take it out of his pocket when he's on the way to the airport. Put it in his coin purse, and then he can put it in his backpack. So then he doesn't have to do all this stuff during security. No, no, no. One time, I gave him a little Ziploc baggie before we left. I said, "Dad, put all of your fucking change in here." <laughs> so he like goes, puts his change in there left the bag open so all the change fell out in his pocket (laughs) oh my god (laughs) so it defeated the whole purpose i was like this is great i can't travel with my father anymore anyways moving on well i really strive to be like the fastest person in security um because of course like i don't want to hold up anybody else's day everybody's most people are in a hurry at the airport I'm somebody who likes to get there one hour before the flight takes off. So I'm trying to just get in and get out like quickly. And I know there are people who like to get there a couple of hours before. 
um, for peace of mind. I don't understand those people, but that's fine. Um, but most of the time people are in a hurry. So I'm trying to be as efficient as possible. So as soon as I like get my ID checked, like I'm already working to put all my stuff into the bag, like before I even get up to like the actual like carousel thing where you have to like put your bags on to go through security. Um, and like, I've, I've already emptied out my pockets before I even leave my house to go to the airport. Like, well, first of all, females don't even have pockets because they hate us. Um, but I make sure that I have nothing on me except for my phone in my hand and then my license. And so when I'm like in the pre-check line, I just have my phone and my license to show my, my little boarding pass or whatever. And then I just shove it in the backpack and then I go on through like easy peasy lemon squeezy. But for some reason, this is a really hard concept for a lot of people um, to go through security. And I don't understand, like maybe everyone that I encounter is like flying for the first time in their lives. I don't know. Um, but there's always somebody who holds up the line because they go through the metal detector and they forget something like they, every time. Yeah. They forget something in their pockets. They're like, Oh, my phone's in my pocket. I'm like, oh, you didn't check your pocket. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's so annoying. I think the, the most stressful part about security is trying to get your shoes back on quickly if they tie. Okay. So you don't have pre-check? No. Well, I do, but like. For peasants who don't, <laughs> I'm just kidding, you guys. But seriously, if you fly more than twice a year, get pre-check. It's so worth it. Yeah, it's a hundred percent worth it. Like I, I literally have life before pre-check and life after pre-check, and I don't know what I was doing before pre-check. I don't know why Same. I waited so long to apply for pre-check. Well, I guess there's you know, like if you're like a government conspirator or whatever, and you don't. <laughs> don't like the government i can understand i can understand if you don't want did they fingerprint us i don't even remember i don't know i feel like they fingerprinted us for pre-check probably i mean they got to run you through the system make sure you're not like an axe murderer yeah it's it's kind of like getting a passport and then you have to go in person and i feel like they fingerprinted us in yeah, person probably but that's probably why a few select people don't want to get pre-checked because they don't want their fingerprints in the government system. But Which I mean, like, just don't don't commit a crime, bro. What are you? Yeah, what are you trying to hide, buddy? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if that's your concern, I worry about you, and like, you definitely shouldn't have pre-checked then. Yeah. Okay. So if you're not in pre-check and you have to take off your shoes and your coat and stuff, I'm sorry that you have to go through that. It sucks. <laughs> um, but again, you show your license to the little agent in the front and immediately take your shoes off, take your coat off. Like within seconds, just get it going before you put all your stuff down on there. Even better, you know, be holding your coat in your fucking hands before yes. you even do that. <laughs> like, think ahead, you guys. Come on. It's not hard. Like, think just what's next. What's coming next? Yeah. Be prepared. You know, like, you've gone through this before, most likely. If you haven't, then you get a pass. But then next time, I better not see you wearing your fucking coat all the way up until you get to the scanner. Now that we're talking about this, I actually feel like I wore my Birkenstocks on a plane this year at some point. I think I did. Bro. <laughs> well, they're just so cute, you know? <laughs> they're Okay, well, they're not. <laughs> they're definitely not cute enough to be worn on a plane. Everyone's favorite shoe. No. Wait, how do you feel about people bringing their own food on a plane? I'm okay with it. 
Well, how do you feel about people bringing hard boiled eggs on a plane? Okay. Okay. <laughs> hard boiled eggs are weird. Why are you bringing a smelly food on the plane? Like, that's weird to me. If, be a normal person and bring like chips or like a trail mix. Like or a protein bar would be a great option. Bar, banana, like anything else. But hard boiled eggs is a weird flex for me. Like, <laughs> why are you choosing the smelliest food on earth to pack in your airport bag? You know, I feel like tuna is like a known, absolutely not. Don't be bringing that on a plane. Understandable. But people don't talk enough about hard boiled eggs. Like that's yeah. just gross. And also if you're out here like shaking a salad that you've made from home, like fucking Kourtney Kardashian, and you're like, <laughs> just to like go eat your, uh, like, no, you're doing too much. I understand if you have dietary restrictions, but like, let's find a way around it, please. I buy salads in the airport all the time. I don't know if I like violently shake them because that's not super necessary, but. Do you eat salads on a plane? I mean, not on the plane. So usually, well, okay, I'm, I must admit this is a bougie thing about me, but we have access to an airport lounge through the priority pass. And so usually when we get to the airport, if there is enough time to like eat or do anything, I just go to the lounge and grab something quick. If I don't have enough time though, I will stop at one of those, um, one of those kiosks that sells like magazines and chargers and stuff like that. And they always have a little food area where they sell um, usually like fruit or they'll sell like grown up Lunchables or salads or like pre-made sandwiches. That's all I ever eat at airport. It's like, I, I don't like eating fast food in general. And that's typically what's at airports. You know, you've got like McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, Wendy's, like stuff like that's at airports. And so I usually try to eat something that's like slightly healthier. Um, so I'll go and get salads or pre-made sandwiches or like cheese um, and fruit and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's if I'm a good forced option. to eat at an airport, but I do what I can to not have to eat at an airport because airport food is just like yuck in general. Yeah. If you can avoid it, highly recommend. All right, let's move on to once you're boarding the plane on the plane. I want to just briefly touch on the fact of like why people stand up before their group is called to get onto a plane. Do we know? Is there even I, an answer? I know. I know. <laughs> okay. If you are somebody who travels with a carry-on, you're most likely scared about the storage that's going to be above your seat. And so you want to get onto the plane quicker in order to store your carry-on where you want to store your carry-on. So therefore, I understand why people stand up to get onto planes earlier. Now, I see people who stand up to get on a plane who have nothing. All they have is a little tiny purse and they want to get on the plane early. I don't know what those people are thinking because why are you in a hurry to sit in an airport in an airplane seat? It does not make sense for me. Like, well, and don't if they take your bag because there's no more overhead storage, don't they just put it on the uh ramp when you get off like you don't have to go through baggage no um that's only certain airplanes depending on what the airplane is but i've had it happen to me multiple times where i've been in the last boarding group and they make me um gate check the bag and it comes out of the carousel in the main baggage claim area and i'm like fuck my life this is not what i wanted to like wait at the baggage claim area okay. also this has happened to me too um 
when we went to Savannah for a wedding, we had a connection in Charlotte and the first plane got delayed so much that our connection was only going to be like five minutes in Charlotte. So when we, um, when we landed, we knew we were going to sprint to the next place to get to Savannah that night. And when we boarded the first plane, they were like, well, there's no more room left for your bag. This was on American. They were like, there's no more room left for your bag on this plane. So we're going to have to gate check it. And we were like, okay, well, is it going to baggage claim or at the, on the tarmac? And they were like, no, it's going to baggage claim. And we said, well, we're going to a connection that's really, really tight. There's no way the bags are going to make it. And they were like, well, we'll do the best that we can, but there's not really much we can do for you. And so we had to get on the plane without our carry-ons, knowing, full well knowing they were not making it to Savannah. I was livid. Like the reason I don't get a checked bag is for this reason. Like when you're making connections, there's a high probability that the bag's not making it to the final destination if there's any delays that happen. And so I was so mad that they made us gate check the bags and we get on the plane and there's plenty of overhead space. I was so pissed and our bags got lost. Like we didn't have our bags when we landed in Savannah for a full like 24 hours and I had no clothes to wear, nothing, like no contact solution. Like I had to sleep with my contacts on. I was so pissed because everything was in my carry-on. I guess that's another rookie mistake is like pack a little like emergency stuff in your backpack that you actually will bring onto the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely pack any valuables in your carry-on, anything that you, in case your bag does get lost that you're going to need right away, your makeup, do not put your makeup, especially if you spend money on bougie ass makeup. Don't put your makeup bag in your suitcase. That could be detrimental to your well-being. Um, <laughs> so yeah, great tip right there. But that is totally why people will line up at a gate um, because they don't want to risk like not having their carry-on on the plane with them. So I I will allow it. I will. But if I see you up there with no carry-on, I'm totally judging you for wanting to just sit on the plane. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're not like flying Southwest, you've got to sign seats. Why are you in a hurry? Oh yeah. Southwest is the whole thing. Do you love it or hate it? I love it. Yeah, I love never- it too. Okay, good. I've never had a bad experience. I know they're in hot water right now, but I've never had a bad experience with Southwest. And I think even the recent situation over the holidays, they've already gone above and beyond to like make amends to customers. I mean, um, I feel like they handled that the best way they possibly could have after the fact. Although I know I feel for the people who had their holidays ruined by the whole situation. It sucks. Um, Mm -hmm. There's nothing fun about it, but yeah, no, I I mean, I'm a loyal Southwest flyer. Personally, if I'm flying a short flight, I don't really care where I sit either. I know that's a big deal for a lot of people, but um, you can always pay for early bird boarding or check-in or whatever. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And with Southwest, you can get a free carry on and free checked bag. Don't you get two? Mm-hmm. Free checked bags? Yeah. Like yep. nuts. No other airline offers free checked bags that I know of. Yeah. I think they're the best, like affordable airline. Obviously, Delta is like an elite airline all around, but I really like Southwest. For- A lot of times though, Southwest and Delta are the same prices. Why are you looking at me like that? I don't know that I agree with that. Really? Yeah. I just, like last night, I just looked up flights to Orlando in March and Delta was... 700 and Southwest was 200. 
Oh, see, I never really can find cheap Southwest flights. Like, I'm basing this off of me living in New Orleans. There was never really – I probably only flew them like a couple of times last year, and I flew Delta way more than that because Delta's flights were like 200, Southwest's were 400. Oh, okay. All right. And that's more expensive a lot. I mean, I think it just depends on the city that you're in. Like, Spirit flights were really readily available in New Orleans, but I don't even think up in Minneapolis that they fly – Oh, wait. Yeah, they do. They do fly up here. But Allegiant's not really like super prevalent up here. Thank God. I hate Allegiant. Count your blessings. Okay. Let's talk about our differing opinions on plane etiquette once you are seated. Before you get seated, though, if you have a carry-on, look at the instructions above your seat for how to put a carry-on into the the bin. <laughs> the the bin. overhead bin. A lot of airplanes now want you to put in the carry-on sideways, like stand it up on its side and not just put it flat down. And I don't even understand – like there's a diagram in the back of the bin that shows you like we want you to put it on its side. Uh, So there's clear instructions in the bin of what to do with your bag. And 90% of the time I I see people putting their bag in flat down. So if you put the bag in flat – it can fit like three bags, let's say. But if you put it on its side, it can fit like five bags, six bags. Um, so that's the point of putting it on its side. Well, there's like assholes out there who keep putting it flat down and not on the side. And then the stewardesses don't have time to like go and check like every single bin. And half the time they're so busy that they're just closing them and not fixing them. Like a lot of the times they do have the they are able to fix them, but sometimes they can't. And that's like a spot that you just took up for somebody else's bag. Like mm-hmm. it irritates me so much when I see people get on the plane and lay their carry-on flat into the bin when there's directions that tell you to put it on its side. Like I don't understand. It also kills me when like the wheels are sticking out in the aisle and the guy is like trying to close the bin. I'm like, buddy, it's not going to, it's like, it's not going to work. It's common sense too, to put the wheels in first, because why wouldn't you want the handle out so you can grab it when you leave? Like you want the handle out facing you, not the wheels. Cause then you got to like awkwardly take your bag out by grabbing onto the wheels. Like every time guys, common sense. Yeah. So people who people who don't have a legit carry-on, they just have a backpack that's on their back and they put it up overhead into the carry-on space and take that space away from somebody with a legit bag irks me so much. Yeah, you're an you asshole under, if you do put that. Put it under your seat. That's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, now that you have sat down into your seat, before you like actually get onto the plane though, make sure you go to the bathroom. Just do it anyways. Even if you don't have to go, just go to the bathroom. Because if you are on the flight and you've got like the window seat and you try – and it's like a one-hour flight and you want to get up and go to the bathroom, like seriously, dude, why didn't you just go to the bathroom before you got onto the plane? But I understand emergencies happen. So like who knows? Maybe this dude was like – maybe the person next to you is like about to shit their pants or something and they really need to go. Because of that airport food. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Choose your seat wisely. If you're somebody who has like – GI issues or whatever, then just always choose an aisle seat and do the people some courtesy by choosing an aisle seat. We have kind of semi-differing opinions on the window shade. So I always take a window seat if I can, 
because one, I like control over the window shade. Two, you know, if I know I'm flying over the Grand Canyon, I'm going to open that window shade. I don't care what time of day it is. And I'm going to look. However, I have come to give the respect to other people that they might be tired and might not want the brightness of the sun directly in their eyes. And so I've really learned to accept the fact that, you know, I'll be on another airplane sometime. I'll be able to look down on the clouds another time, but I just have to consider like the time of day, um, if it's a red eye, you know, like whatever the situation is, not everyone appreciates an open window shade. Wow. You're being so nice right now. (laughs) I also love the window seat. I think it's the coziest area of the plane because you can like lean up against the window if you're trying to sleep. Um, And then I also just don't like to be bothered. Like I don't mind sitting in the other seats, the aisle seats. Obviously the window and the aisle seats are the best. Like nobody wants to sit in the middle seat. Um, But the aisle seat, you have to worry about people walking up and down the whole time um, and like rubbing your arm and stuff when they pass you. And then the stewardesses too with the cart, like you have to pay attention kind of when you're in the Mm -hmm. aisle seat. And then also if you're in the aisle seat and somebody in the middle or the window wants to use the restroom, they've got to like awkwardly wake you up to get out. So you just run that risk of being in the aisle seat. But a lot of people like the aisle seat because you get to exit the plane quicker. I don't know. I guess you feel like you have more room because there's nobody sitting next to you and there's no window like enclosing you in, I guess. Yeah, Um, I don't get that. But my preference is definitely the window seat. So I think that it should be a law that you're not allowed to open the window shade before 7 a.m. So 6 a.m. flights – which I have flown a lot in my lifetime, there are always people who want the window shades open and you're flying somewhere and the sun's like rising and the sun's shining in and it's like this giant beam of light shining on you at 6.30 in the morning and it's hell because who wants to be awake that early in the day? Nobody. And usually you just, you had to wake up at like 4 a.m. to get to the airport for a 6 a.m. flight. So you're tired. Like people are tired and you've got people out here trying to watch the sunrise. Like, I don't understand. (laughs) I don't understand. Just wait until seven and then you can open your shade. Like that's personally my, like my law in my head. Like I will always keep the window shade closed on a 6 a.m. flight because most of the time you look around and everybody's sleeping on a 6 a.m. flight besides like 10% of the people who have their window shades open. Yeah. See, I actually think, which I thought you were going to say this too, but I think they should all be down until 9 a.m. Like 9? Nine. Nine, wow. Yeah. Not, you know, a lot of people just like, especially if you're lacking sleep in general in life and you're, you just want darkness to like take a little hour nap, you know, that's just, I think the most courteous I I would respect that. I don't really like the window to be open ever when I'm on a plane unless I'm going somewhere cool. Um, like when we flew to Costa Rica, I wanted the window to be open when we were like going over the ocean um, mm-hmm. and could see like parts of Central America through the flight. I thought that that was cool. Or like, you know, when you're going out west and you want to see the mountains, I think that that's all acceptable. But I flew a lot this past year from like New Orleans to like Cleveland, Detroit, Charlotte. There ain't nothing to see. There's nothing. It's just all like farmland. 
basically. So you, what do you need the window open for? I don't understand. I just think it's more cozier to keep the window closed and then you can take naps and you can watch movies. Like I fly Delta a lot. And so I like having the shade down so I can like focus on the movie and you can actually see it um, and can see the screen. So I don't know. I mean, I guess if I want to read a book, I probably want the window shade open, but no, use your lamp. Like, <laughs> no. Okay. In terms of comfort though, I, I do know we definitely differ on our opinions on reclining the seat. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> All right. I will always recline a seat the minute what? I can. Always. On a one hour flight, you're going to recline in your seat? Yeah. You know how bad it hurts my, this makes me sound so like old and withered away. It hurts my back so bad to be like fucking upright for an <laughs> hour. Oh, I hate it. And that's on bad posture, but I, yeah, I'll always recline it. It's not like it, it makes one inch of a difference, you know? Okay. I think that it impedes the person behind you for a couple of reasons. So the person behind you, let's say they're like a larger person and your seat's reclined, it's going to impact that person's comfortness. If they have a child, it's going to impact that person's comfortness and the baby and everything. Um, if they are just a regular Joe Schmo like us, it's not not really going to impact me at all, but it does make things awkward. Like for instance, if I like taking naps with the tray down and I like, and I like crisscross my arms on the tray and put my head down on the tray, I know that that's like super weird, but I cannot do that if the person in front of me is reclined. And this is obviously just like a personal problem. But I don't feel the need to recline my seat unless I'm on a longer flight, like anything longer than, I don't know, th like three hours. I feel like I don't – like it really adds no comfort to me at all to be one inch like backwards. So it just doesn't really make sense to me to like do that, to not even get more comfortable, but then to like bother the person behind me. So you're just going to stay upright at a 90 degree angle for three hours? That staying upright versus reclining one inch feels the exact same to me. It's just me sitting like this versus this. Oh my God. I don't know what it's it nothing. is. I don't know why, but I just, I disagree. Like it makes such a difference to me. <laughs> I don't know. Agree well, to I disagree mean, on that one. Yeah, it's fine. You keep doing you. The reclining doesn't really bother me that bad, but I was just on a flight recently where we all sat down after boarding and the two um, guys in front of me that looked like younger, like high school or college, they reclined their seat immediately. And I oh, immediately the TV went from like a few inches away to my face to like one inch away from my face. And I was like, okay. See, you contradict yourself because you're like, oh, one inch back, it doesn't make that much of a difference. And then you're like, it turned right into my face. I hit my forehead on the TV. <laughs> so like make up your mind, Michelle, which is it? <laughs> Whatever. I just don't like it. Okay. <laughs> I guess, you know, we make it through the flight, shade up, shade down, recline or not, and then we land. What happens there or doesn't happen? Okay. Well, all right. People stand up and get into the aisle, which I will say I don't mind when people do that. 
I think that some people don't understand that some other people might have really short connections and need to get off of the plane sooner. And they're like impeding those people's ability to be able to get off of the plane quickly. Like this has happened to me before where we have landed and the stewardesses have come on and said, we have a lot of short connections on this plane right now. If you are not making a connection, please do not stand up into the aisle so that these people can run off the plane. Like I literally had to sprint to the next gate. And this was in ATL. If you've been there, it's so stressful. Oh my God, it's the worst. I had to switch gates totally and go from like A to D or whatever. Um, So I had like a 10 minute connection and I stand up and I'm I'm like trying to get by people. So I'm like, excuse me, like I have a connection. And they're like, oh, you do? That sucks. Oh man, you're going to have to run. I'm like, why are you standing if you don't have a connection? They just told you don't stand up if you don't have a connection. And yet people will still do it. So that pisses me off when that scenario happens. Like when the stewardesses actually announce, like, please stay in your seat if you don't have a connection and people still get up anyways. It's That's really annoying to me as being the person who knows what it's like to sprint through an airport. Mm-hmm. And I, I had flats on because this was like for a work conference too. So I had to oh. sprint through the airport with flats on. <laughs> My God. That's so that the worst. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I understand if you need to like get up and stretch your legs, but yeah, every flight I've ever been on, there are people like from the very back, just trying to like squeeze their way through elbowing people, whatever. And I'll be like, Oh, do you have a connection? Like, come on through. And they're like, no. And I'm like, then sit back down. Like, why wait your turn. I mean, if you don't like where your seat is then pay for an upgrade, I don't care. Like not my problem. Sorry. Yeah. So I try to keep, now that I've been through a few things at the airport, like I understand now why people would line up at the gate early if they've got to carry on. And then also why they would try to like weasel their way off of the plane quicker if they have a connection that they're being made. But outside of those two scenarios, like I don't see why you would need to get up quicker to try and get mm-hmm. off of the plane. Yeah. The connection is the only exception. Like, and or if, of course, or if you have a baby, I guess, and the baby's like going nuts. Oh, then yeah. Also, if you're sitting next to a single parent, um, offer to get their bags down for them if you're sitting next to them or sitting across from them or something, because mm-hmm. they usually they usually need help because they're like carrying a child in their arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good advice. Anything else uh, we should warn the people about? Give them tips not to be an asshole on the air- airplane. If you're on a, um, this is just random, but if you're on an escalator. Um, at an airport, stand to one side or the other if possible, because there will be people who need to sprint up and down the escalators to get somewhere quicker. This happened to me in Atlanta, same day. And I was trying to sprint and I had, I literally had to stop and tell people to move over on the escalator. And they're like, what, what? And I was like, get out of my way. <laughs> I'm trying to go somewhere. Yeah. That's people awesome. in Europe know to do this. Like, I don't know if you've noticed that when you were in Europe, but anytime I was on an escalator, like in the airport or taking a subway or whatever, everybody who wanted to ride up the escalator slowly would just stay on the right side and then people would walk up and down on the left side. In America, people don't understand this concept at all and they just take up the whole escalator. Yeah. Once again, Europe is far ahead of us in so many ways. <laughs> Yes. 
all in all, just be mindful. Think ahead. Don't be an asshole. And, you know, don't fly Allegiant. I don't know. Yeah, don't fly Allegiant. They're the worst airline. I can also confirm. I hate them. Yeah. Um, you're bound to have a bad time if you're flying Allegiant. Best best airline, in my opinion, is Delta. What's your favorite? Delta, for sure. Um, however, I've really been enjoying United Flights lately. What? Is that shocking to you? That is really shocking. Really? Oh, my God. The past couple I've flown, their planes are, like, brand new. Oh. The stewardess are super great. Um, it's just been, like, a really smooth, enjoyable process. Okay. That's interesting. I have only flown them once before, actually. I feel like like they're not in as many cities as the other airlines, so Mm -hmm. I never really get the chance to fly them. But I flew them once and I had a terrible experience. Um, But we got stuck on the tarmac for like two hours and they wouldn't give us water. They wouldn't give us anything. And we were all like dying of thirst and hunger. Oh my God. Um, But that was that was so that was the only time I flew them and I was like I'm never flying United again but that was years ago so I would definitely be willing to give them another shot. One of my favorite budget airlines though is actually Spirit. Um, I feel like they get a bad rep, but I've always had a pleasant experience with Spirit and I've probably flown Spirit no less than like 20 times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never had a bad experience in any of those 20 times. Um, however, Allegiant f- never fails to be the worst experience ever. So just avoid them if you can. Yeah. If you follow me on my personal Instagram, you know the hell that I went through on my birthday last year trying to get to and from Florida. And it was truly the worst travel experience of my entire life. Um, Allegiant and then American almost never fails to screw me over. So yeah, you have bad experiences with American. I've had pretty good ones though, besides the fact that they made me gate check my bag, knowing that it wasn't going to go to my destination. But besides (laughs) that, um, they've been pretty good. I mean, and they they delivered it. They delivered my bag to where I was staying um, for free at the hotel that I was staying at. And then they also reimbursed me like $800 for all the Lululemon stuff I went and bought that morning. So that's good. They're yeah. not on my shit list. They made up for that mistake, in my opinion. Yeah, that's but fair. Allegiance, customer service, like good luck talking to a single person that works there because I'm, I am convinced nobody works there. It took me two months to get a hold of someone after trying through email, phone calls, different like social media. And then I finally got a response after a couple months on Twitter. And that's yeah. And only- I know that that's not even an exaggeration because I've had to contact them before too. And it took me four weeks yeah. to talk to anybody. Yeah. So just know that if you're desperate enough to take Allegiant on a trip, I mean, give yourself a day or two to like actually get a flight. and don't count on even making it to your destination and don't ever check a bag on Allegiant. No, absolutely not. But yeah, we got, we got a bag lost on there once and it was hell trying to locate it. Yeah. That's rough. Um, okay. Well, I think we've covered a lot and hopefully all of you have great travel experiences ahead. I know, you know, some people might be planning spring break. You might just want to get out of the cold. So good luck. And I hope this helps. And don't be one of those people at an airport. Yeah, be a great airport person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be, be smart, okay? <laughs> yeah, fly smart and fly safe. And best of luck with your travels. All right, Bye. that's all from us. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.